You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Floating podcast, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we tell stories of our running a float center. We cover topics um, that help you run your float center, and we give updates from around the world and provide interviews as well. So you can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating, and you can join the conversation here on the show by leaving a speak pipe on theartoffloating.com. You can also find all of our show notes and links on theartoffloating.com. If you do want to leave a voicemail uh, or a speak pipe for us, it's the gold bar on the left side of the screen. I am Dylan Calm. I'm the owner of the float shop in Portland, Oregon. I'm also joined by Lance Foss with the Float Shack. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and he's in Red Deer, Canada. And I'm joined by Amy Grimes in from Float Nashville. Hey, y'all. Good to hear from you guys. Yay. It's always good to see you. So good. So uh, let's see here. We've got a few uh, interesting topics we want to cover. We, we ran out of time last week. There was so much to talk about. Um, so I do want to jump into it today. We're going to talk about massage and floats and, and combining those two things, pros and cons. And I think go going into it a little bit deeper, we'll talk about whether they should be employees or contract uh, workers and their pros and cons to that and, and some some really big risks in, in doing that as well. So that'll be interesting to talk about. Um, and uh, I do want to just give a little preview for next week as well. We have Shoshana Liebner. Um, I'll be interviewing her. Um, really excited about that. I think it should be very interesting. Shoshana has been part of the float industry for um, as long as I've been alive. So um, she, she's got a lot of history with that. Um, she's also going to be delivering some information on a magnesium study that's been happening out of uh, Tulsa. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. Um, and we'll, we'll find out if magnesium really is being absorbed through the skin or not because there's really not a lot of uh, reliable research on that. Um, she's also uh, part of the uh, Float Tank Association, so I'll, I'll be asking her a few questions about that. So that should be some good stuff. Um, before we get into the show, though, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Float Away. Um, the simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on Earth. This has been Float Away's byline for more than 15 years. It's true for each of the eight different models and in all 40 or so countries where happy customers float in Float Away float tanks. Float Away is proud of these specially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research is really putting on the uh, floating on the mainstream map. You can check them out at floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Ginny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Float Away is a family business within the floating family. Again, you can find them at www.floataway.com. So let's see here. Um, I'd like to check in a little bit here before before we get uh, started. Amy, how are you doing? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. I nice. am so happy to be here and having a busy, busy week. Yeah. Why, is, why have you been having a busy week? Well, you know, I mean, it's I'm sure we all have busy weeks. But. Yeah, we all have busy weeks. Every single Your one scenes. of us who are listening to this and who sure. have their own center absolutely know exactly what I mean. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, we're still moving forward on the on the project with the second location, which uh, when there's always bankers and lawyers involved, that always slows everything down and, and adds extra work to the pile. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. We were talking uh, a few weeks ago about the membership, and I received several emails. So if you remember back in the beginning of the year, I actually traded my membership program in for a new one. I stripped it down. I made it a lot simpler. And I have been promising after six months I'd report uh, to see how it, uh, how it matched up with, with my expectations. But 
Uh, I do find it interesting that this week Mm -hmm. I have had two employees both say to me how much better our new membership is. Mm. So just to give you a little uh, review, Mm -hmm. I previously had three levels of membership, and now we went to one level of membership, which is a $59 monthly membership that gets them one float. Each additional float is $49. And what really got me excited was, number one, I am seeing an increase in conversion rate, but Mm. the fact that my employees are saying to me that people are getting it much quicker, there's not as many Mm. questions, Mm -hmm. Um, there's not, it's not difficult to explain, people are getting it immediately, and I I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week where uh, they were interviewing Michael Port. If you don't know him, he wrote a book called Book Yourself Solid, which I, I have a tendency to uh, to tell a lot of my massage therapists to give a read. There's some really great, uh, really great stuff in that book. Uh, but he was talking about simplicity in our campaigns uh, and our marketing. And he brought up about the simplicity of the Ice Bucket Challenge and Mm. why it was so easy to grasp onto that and so many people, whether they made the contribution or not to the charity, were participating. Mm -hmm. And um, how we have a tendency to try to complicate things. And here I am in the third uh, try of my membership, third third, uh, edition of my membership, Mm -hmm. and I'm noticing each time I'm stripping away more and more stuff. So... You know, I, I, it took me two and a half years to learn this lesson, but I think I'm finally getting to that point where um, I'm finding that sweet spot for my clients and for us. So it's win-win for everybody. That's awesome. Which is what I want to see. So that's really Good interesting. Stuff this week, yeah. We I uh, I brought this up before. Senj and I do plan on on doing that. We actually have all of it set up inside our Mind Body online system, and it's just about pushing it out to the public to to do that. And I'm I'm really curious how that'll impact our business. And and again, the simplicity. I've I've brought it up before. We have a a sign about our membership, and there's just so much information on that. There's just so much to understand. It could be so much simpler. With that being said, I've seen a lot of creative membership options out there, and I'd be really curious for other people who um, already own float centers, have been running for a while, um, who have different memberships, I'd be curious to hear. So um, we mentioned that speak pipe earlier. I'd, I'd be curious to hear from you guys, and, and we'd play that on the show about um, your successes with any other styles of, of memberships. Um, I'd, I'd love to learn. And one of my best learning experiences is is uh, take, keeping track of the problems that come up over and over again. So is there something, um, I'm just going to put this out there, is there something with your membership program or a, a problem or a misunderstanding that comes up over and over again? Because if so, uh, mm-hmm. uh, share it, share it, um, because we can all learn from it. That's nice. that's how I learn best. Cool. Uh, so I'd love to hear that and, and, how you've, uh, and how you've dealt with it. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, the whole idea with the show is we want it to be a community show. Like we want to uh, expose ourselves, uh, all of our information and our, our ups and downs, mistakes and everything to help help the community. And so if, if anybody has insights, we want to hear your insights as well to, again, just help bolster the, the float community so that we can be uh, just put the best floats out there possible for the industry. Just just uh, raise the quality of everything. Lance, how are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm doing you, awesome. You worked on a Tuesday at the Float Shack today. Yeah, it's my first time in about a year and a half that I've actually been at my business on a Tuesday. So now Why um, is that? If you've listened <laughs> to previous episodes, you probably know. Um, but I've spent um, the last year and a half working three days a week as a mechanic. So 
Um, every Monday night, I would head off to a different city and spend Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday pulling wrenches and covered in oil and grease. So um, I'm not completely at the float shack. I'm here 70% of the time. Bi-weekly, I'm heading back as a mechanic. Um, I'm just helping sort of transition out of my business because I really, um, my employer really began to rely on me. So um, I, I sort of take his business to heart, knowing the ins and outs of running a business. So mm-hmm. I uh, I know how much that would suck if, uh, you know, someone I basically that helped me run my entire business just left me. So um, my transition away sort of helps, you know, helps me a bit and helps him. And But it feels good. It feels good to be at my uh, float center on a weekday. And, you know, I could make all those weekday phone calls that you can't make on the weekends. It just feels good to do that on, like, not my lunchtime or not a coffee break or hiding <laughs> in the bathroom or something. So. <laughs> right. That's nice. fascinating. You know, one of the thing uh, that we were talking about before the show started was you you have a business coach and your business coach is actually working with your your employer. Is that right? Yeah, so um you know, when I started working with my employer, uh it was about probably 8 months in we got the business coach, maybe 6 months in. And um I I'd, I'd show up all excited, you know, telling them all the things we've learned and how it's helped us out and um sort of you know, educating him on what goes on with having a business coach. And, um, he sort of wanted to set up a meeting and John and my, my manager, Nigel met up and he ended up signing up and working with them. And they, they do a weekly session and he's already helped them, you know, sort of clean house a little bit and get rid of some guys that were causing him nothing but trouble and, you know, set some clear standards and they've only been working together for three weeks now. So, wow. Cool. Um, and that was sort of nice because my business coach was sort of able, he knew I was thinking about this for last month, like three or four months, but uh, yeah. he was sort of able to help, um, I think, smooth that out when I had to let him know I was uh, <laughs> going to be leaving him. But, uh, so that was nice. Three or four months, I think... Uh... I think for as long as we've been recording this show, that's been that's been brought up. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's been a goals, but it's always I've always put my float center first. You know, I financially I don't want to be taking money from the float center, and we have a lot of expanding to do. Mm. So I'm trying to do that without taking, with only taking as much money as I need to pay my bills sure. and live. So um, you know, working in the oil field before all this, I did rack up some bills. And I am still sitting with some of those. So, um, yeah, working away, that helps me just, you know, balance everything and get some financial income without, you know, hurting sure. the, the company in, in any way. So. Interesting. We, we did you know, a, and sorry, go I ahead. was going to say, we, we sort of took the, the semi bootstrapping route where we had a little bit of mm-hmm. investment in this and that. So, um, like, we have, we have a ton of space to develop still. We have you know another float tank we want to get in there and some developments and upgrades so it's it's hard to pull out of that that reserve that we've been working hard to save got it yeah and i think the the more you pull out of it the slower it's going to be to launch everything right like it means you just have to make that much more money over time to to be able to launch it Yeah. yeah um so speaking of your business coach um 
you have been in talks with your business coach, and so we'll actually be having a podcast with him on the show here pretty soon. I, I don't want to promise the date on that just yet, but um, it should be just within the next few weeks here. So Amy and I will be able to ask him all the questions we want to hear from a business coach. And I've had a business coach in the past and I, um, uh, with some, some mixed results. And I, I believe Amy probably feels the same way. Is that? Yeah. Accurate? I've actually had some fantastic ones, but, mm. um, but yeah, this year I'm ready to move on and, mm. uh, my search has not been, has not been very fruitful. So it can be Got a frustrating it. thing until you find the right person. Mm. So this will be a lot of fun for us to ask all the questions that, uh, maybe sometimes have turned us off from from business coaches, and, and we'll we'll see what his answers are. I'm I'm really excited about the insights that we'll get from him. So that'll be exciting. Go ahead and look forward to that. Um, my float tank is almost ready. Do I say that every week? It's almost ready. Uh, the the <laughs> float room is pretty much done. Plumbing has to be turned on. A couple more installs in in there, and uh, I got to set up this this isopod, and I'm I'm really excited to do that. I've been doing all this research and. Um, I think it could be up. Oh, God. If it were up by next time we recorded, that would be amazing. But I have a feeling it'll be two episodes from now. Um, but uh, real soon here, we did a little pre-sale for um, beta testers, basically. Uh you know, usually beta testing is for something in IT, but uh, we sent an email out to people that they could float for a little bit cheaper, um, just knowing that we might ha- not have everything set up perfectly in the room, and we'll be asking for their feedback afterwards on the room itself. Um, and uh, we had a lot of people sign up for that, so that was really encouraging. And, um, of course, it helps fund, you know, buying green glue and all of that stuff as well. So um, that was really cool. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to get those people in for their for the beta tests um, as we figure out that room. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Massage and floats. That's the topic for today's oh, show. Nice. It's a good one. It is a good one. It's a, it's something that I think a lot of people are really interested in massage floats and just really other modalities around floating um, is, I think it's a hot, hot, hot topic. And so, um, uh, all of us in some capacity have had experience with massage and floats. Um, Let's just go over our, where we're at currently in our history. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start here. Um, I, it might have been a full year after we opened, but I want to say it was close closer to six months. Between six months and a year, we added massage to our float center. Started with two float tanks, added acupuncture, then a third float tank, and then finally added massage. Um, and currently, uh, we have two dedicated uh, massage rooms, and then we recently, I should say we have three dedicated massage rooms. We expanded uh, next door to, to have a third uh, massage room as well, uh, where we have the yoga center, um, our acupuncturist, and naturopath. Uh, Amy, what is what is your... So my story is we actually started with two float tanks and a massage room. And then six months into it, we realized that that was probably not the best idea for us. Uh, I am a massage therapist, and <laughs> I was not able to get into that massage room as much as I, I should have. Uh, we did bring on an independent contractor for a little while. Uh, allowed her to utilize the room as she as she wished, uh, but the reality of it is, six months in, financially, it was a better uh, idea for us to uh, outsource the massage. Or, you know, there's so many massage therapists in our area. It's much better to send them some business, create some goodwill mm. with our neighbors, and put in a third float tank. So we <laughs> yeah. are now just a float center, but uh, I'm hoping to get massage into the next place. Okay, Lance, uh, how about yourself? Um, well, I've never dealt with massage in a float center. But yep. we've uh, definitely done some research. 
Um, as I just said, we do have a bunch of extra space that needs to be developed. And unfortunately, with 100,000 people in our city, we can't just shove eight float tanks in our center. So <laughs> um, we're thinking a massage therapist would be a good pair. Um, we put up an ad already once to find one, but we never actually got one. And, oh, um, wow. I'm just I'm just really doing in the research stage, I guess. Um, it's been a couple months since we've touched on it, but we're getting back to the point where we're ready to do some construction, some expanding. So um, we'll be looking again. I'm curious, um, just a few things like how do you uh, go about with pricing and packages? How do you pay your massage therapist? Do you accept their booking? Do you do their marketing? Um, I'm really curious what you two experts have to say about this. <laughs> how I always identify myself as a business <laughs> Massage expert. Massage and expert. Yes. <laughs> that's right. I believe it. You know, uh, Lance, you just asked all the right questions. I mean, that's exactly, mm -hmm. these are exactly the things uh, to be covered tonight. Those are great questions. In fact, I feel like you should be just be interviewing Amy and I and asking all the questions that, that you want to hear um, the answers to. Um, also, it should be noted that we are in three different environments. Um, we have three different um, spaces with different square footage, all of that. And that is going to play a role in the choices that you make. Um, Amy, what I hear when you're talking about dropping massage is that the bang for the buck, I mean, of the square footage, renting the place, um, right. it just sounds like finances are almost, it's, it's more important than just like, I want to have massage. Right. Um, when you have limited square footage, as we do, and we do have 1,100 square feet, and in that area, we do have three decent-sized float tanks, and that's about a float tank room, so that's about all we can do, three mm -hmm. therapy rooms, I should say. And when we got to our sixth month or so, and you're looking at how much is tank one bringing in, how much is tank two bringing in, how much is the massage room bringing in, um, it just was not working. Now, I am in a city with five massage schools, uh, a lot of massage therapists out there. So you have to look at it, too. What's the competition like? Mm -hmm. If you have a massage therapist, you are competing with everyone in your area. And mm -hmm. really, is are, are you offering something that somebody else can't offer? Right. And is it something that your clients want? What we found in the beginning is a lot of our float clients did not want massage. And my massage clients did not want to float. <laughs> That has changed as we've huh. gone on. Um, now everybody, I would get questions every week. Well, can we get a massage and a float? Um, but in the beginning, for the for a long time, we could not get that crossover to happen. Do you it's know really tough? What's your theory or hypothesis on why it's changed? I'm not sure. I don't know if people are becoming more comfortable with it. I, uh -huh. I don't. I honestly don't know. But in the beginning, that was one of the big reasons we let it go. Was we could not get that to happen. Huh. Uh, we, we weren't selling, like we were offering the packages and it just was not going. Um, but I think that will change now. And why that changed, I, I'm not sure. Maybe we're, people are realizing we're not, I'm the buckle of the Bible belt. People yep. came with preconceived ideas that we were crazy, <laughs> new ager, hippies. I don't know. All true. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just one look at me. <laughs> crazy <laughs> colored hair. It's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but, um, but yeah, that does seem to be changing. And it, and it might be, too. Uh, lots of more news and national media. So people are mm -hmm. seeing float tanks in a different light. And it's not just some crazy alternative therapy. So maybe a little more trust from our community. Yeah. Um, how, now, you haven't had that issue from the beginning, Dylan, have you? 
that's been no. totally different in your situation. Yeah, and maybe it maybe it's kind of on the same lines of, of what you're talking about, but maybe our um, I don't know what you call it, but like uh, awareness saturation was just higher than than yours when you first opened because we're in Portland. Flodon had been here for a year. Uh, Joe Rogan had been talking about it. I mean, Portland's huge in MMA. Joe Rogan's huge in MMA. Um, just like it's we're just a natural kind of. Uh, pool for for all of those things for floating was just a natural place for for the awareness to be higher um and and also we are a little hippy dippy here in portland i mean we're not the bible belt you know like this floating maybe it just comes a little bit more naturally to to portlanders um but uh so we were open for a, a little while so maybe that whole trust thing just as the as far as the business goes uh sure. came into play there but um yeah for I mean, it could also have to do with how we talk about it. I mean, we talk about float and massage with a lot of enthusiasm because Mm -hmm. we really find them to be amazing coupled together. And it's really fun because people ask, well, do I have the float first or do I have the massage first? And we can go, there's a huge debate within our business about that because they're both awesome and we both, everybody has different (laughs) reasons for for why one's better than the other. Um, So, you know, you can have the float first and just be totally relaxed. The LMT doesn't have to relax your muscles for the first 10 or 15 minutes. You know, you weren't rushing to your appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, You haven't had a sense of touch for 90 minutes. It just, it feels incredible. And so you're just, you're already just a, a noodle on the table. And then the other way is you've had a massage for 60 or 90 minutes and you're completely primed for an amazing float. Um, you're just mentally in the right space for, for a great float. So that mm-hmm. could uh, be perfect for somebody. And then um, sometimes I'll mention that, uh, or actually even more often I would say is clients or potential clients will say, and you know, magnesium pulls out uh, toxins. And I, I'm always cautious about that one, but I'll say something to the fact that, you know, I don't know of any research about this, but some people believe, and you know, I'll, I'll go into the idea of toxins being pulled after a massage. And you know, every LMT is going to say, you know, drink plenty of water and a, a salt bath can be, can be good after. Would you agree with that, Amy? Okay, um, so the whole water thing, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's uh, really what we teach our students. I do teach at a massage school, so right. I'll, I'll preface it with that. We teach our students it's nice to offer water afterwards. <laughs> um, a lot of people are naturally dehydrated. A lot of people don't drink mm. as much water as they should, and it's a nice thing to do, but it's outside of our scope of practice and, cool. and the whole yeah. toxin thing. Yeah, you know, we've yeah, addressed that, that before. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, but it is, it's always a nice thing to do for your clients, and like I said, uh, I would never say this to a client, but a lot of us are naturally dehydrated, and it it's nice. It's nice to do. Um, now, can I ask you, like, um, yeah. I don't want to digress too far on this, yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, I'll have yeah. a headache sometimes if I have a massage and I don't drink water afterwards. Is it just because I'm dehydrated or is it potentially? Uh, I, you're not going to answer. Know. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Fair yeah, enough. that's not outside my scope, scope of practice. Yeah, I have understood. ideas about it, but, um, and there's some other things behind, besides dehydration that could be going on there, but okay. yeah, that's outside my Outside of my scope of practice, sir. I want to so, so. ask one thing here. Um, when you're yeah. massaging, is there lactic acid being released when you like? I, I don't know how this works. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. No, no, is, no. I know. Isn't a good that question. what happens when you work um, out and you like break those muscles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that happens naturally. Massage doesn't necessarily do that. And, and lactic acid, it, people have a tendency to think that it comes out of the muscle and it goes away, and that's not necessarily true. Lactic acid is our friend. Um, so. I won't get into a physio- physiology uh, lesson, uh, but um, but yeah, our body takes care of that naturally, and 
um, and does its thing. I, I can put some articles if you'd like in the link, and then people can really debate. And well, I'm just and curious because if I'm going to have a uh, massage in my business and someone asked me, like, you know, they ask me these things, do I need a water yeah. after? It's like, I'd like to be able to answer. And I don't know. I don't know how the human body works. Like I said, I'm a, sure. I'm a mechanic my whole life. I'll tell you how the <laughs> engine works or a hydraulic system, but a human body, that's its own machine I'm unfamiliar yeah, with. So. No joke. I, I've got some great resources um, I'd love to share if people just want yeah, to please. look at some different options and, and see how other people address it. I'll just put it that way. Cool. Yeah, let's put that yeah. in, the, in the show notes page. That yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Um, Absolutely. So, Dylan, uh, one thing I am curious about, um, how did you – did you always want to put massage in or how did you come to that conclusion and what sure. made you start that – get that ball rolling? Yeah, so um, – yeah, we always wanted a wellness center. Um, we were willing to compromise at the beginning, and I think our idea was four or five float tanks from the beginning. Um, and then when we found this location, it, we just went, oh, my God, we could, instead of, like, using that business as a stepping stone to what we want to do, we can do what our ultimate dream today, basically. Um, and it didn't it didn't mean four to five float tanks um it it only meant two or three float tanks but it also meant the acupuncture the massage the naturopath all of that stuff coming together much sooner um than we ever anticipated so that was really exciting um and just more ambiance and environment the the other places we had looked at were were shoebox venues um which you can do a lot with and it just wasn't what we wanted and so when we saw this big 1904 house for a price that we could afford it it just made too much sense we we had to jump on it um and and so back to the earlier question of um like uh, my experience being different than yours and people being interested in the in the massage again like our employees are really excited about it um we're in a saturated market i mean we have massage schools here as well we're surrounded by lmts around us as well um but there is something really special to um going into a float slipping into your robe you put your clothes in a tote bag and you're just able to go to to your massage or, or vice versa and kind of stay in-house right there and um i mean i don't know exactly how to say it but that's really appealing to me <laughs> and i'm not a huge spa guy but but that sounds awesome to me it is awesome to me and so it it just rings true for a lot of people to be a really fun thing to do um and what's really cool and i don't know i've talked about this before i don't want to be super redundant but um just the idea of you know we have people for very extreme medical reasons floating with us. And then we also have people uh, who float with us for kind of a spa day type thing. And so um, people can kind of do both of those things too for, for the massage and floating. Um, it can be for some more, more or less intense mental and physical wellness. And it can also just be just, just a me day, you know, just, I, I took the day off and I'm, and I'm relaxing. I have a question. Please. Um, I have lots of questions about this because I'm, I really am quite curious. Um, is your massage therapist, does she deal mostly with people who have come in to float and do other uh, therapies or does she have her own clientele or what do you see more of being that you're a float center and it is a unique environment? Uh, I'm sorry, say that one more time, other clientele. So when you're, your massage therapist, are his or her clients mostly people who are at the float shop for other therapies like floating or acupuncture uh. or does your massage therapist um, see a large percentage of their own clients there as well yeah i think the majority uh over 50 percent are going to be people who float um okay. and then i think um i think the other part is 
walk-in traffic. We're on a location that has a lot of foot traffic, and so people will see that we have massage and they'll walk in. Um, uh, we'll get phone calls. I think people are you know on Yelp or something like that and just trying to figure out um, if if we have availability. So I think it, it's. Pr- it's more people who are doing float and a massage. Um, and, and then we have clients who will float one week and then they'll do a massage the next week kind of thing. And, and they mix it up that way as well. So, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, we are also the number one, gosh, this is kind of crazy to say out loud. We're the number one spa in Oregon, um, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got used to saying that we're the number one spa in Portland and then we just did a little search, uh, Gosh, I guess it was late last year, and we realized we're the number one spa in Oregon. Um, and Woo-hoo. that's, yeah, Congrats. right? Super cool, really awesome. Um, and on TripAdvisor, did I say that on TripAdvisor? On TripAdvisor, um, okay. Okay, maybe I sh- Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still, not, it's not, really, really impressive. That's really yeah. amazing. Gosh, did I not say yeah. TripAdvisor? That's embarrassing. <laughs> we're just the number one spa, baby. Yeah. Um, You're just that no good. No qualifiers. We're just number one. Uh, yeah, we're the number one spa on TripAdvisor, which means. Um, when people are visiting Portland, um, we're going to be one of the things that they see if they're looking to to relax, you know. And when they see somebody floating, if that's what they're, if that piques their interest, that's we're we're going to be who they see, you know. Um, and they're going to read the reviews and everything, and and that works out really well for us. Um, particularly um, summertime, everybody in Portland leaves Portland. They go outside. They want to play. There's all all these different things to do. Um, that they don't get to do so much of the rest of the year. And that's the time that school's out. And people are coming into Portland to see their families and everything and, and uh, keeps our keeps our business afloat. Um, so so that's nice. Uh, so, yeah, that helps with the, with the float and massage. Um, and, Lance, if you want to jump on any of those questions that you had asked earlier, I didn't, I didn't remember all of them, but uh, please, anytime, shoot, shoot those back out. Yeah, no, um, I'm just, just listening to you converse, and I'll definitely ask mm-hmm. when I... Uh... When I feel you aren't hitting the topics I need answering. <laughs> <laughs> so let me cool. ask you this, Dylan. Is it Please. so important to you? Is massage such an important part of the float experience or, or your floating experience that even if you had smaller space, would you still choose to put massage in there? Is it something that you're that you really feel has uh, made your business better? That's an interesting question. And if if we were down to a limited space of only having the ability to have three float tanks and and maybe even four float tanks, I think I would just go with floats. Um, I don't think it would have provide the value uh, for everybody else. So think about you and your friend come in and you want to go in for float and massages, but there's only one massage table. There's a way around it. One person can have a massage, the other person can float, and then and the other person does vice versa, and, and that can work. And sometimes we do that when when we're booked. Uh, we can we can do that, but. If never, uh, somebody else comes in and wants the same thing, all of a sudden it, it just it uh, diminishes the customer experience rather than improving it because mm. there's a limited avou- uh, amount of resources to provide. Um, and we even found with three float tanks and two massage tables that we that was an issue, which is why we have a third massage yeah. room. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's uh, definitely meeting the criteria to handle couples is huge. I think any float mm-hmm. center um, at at a base minimum should have two float tanks um and if, if you're running it as a business i mean and then we've we've talked about financials in, in the in the past for how many float tanks to have but um so many people like to come in with a friend you know it's a new experience or to show their friends like i love doing this come in with me you have a float i have a float and then we talk afterwards i see that all the time um 
And then, of course, the couples that float together, too. So uh, having two float tanks is really important. But then if you're doing massage and you only have one massage room, again, you, you, you walk into that, that problem of not delivering the customer experience. Um, may I say one of the things that we lo- we were looking at the new location because we, despite the fact that we have so much square footage, I don't know how this happened. They only were able to fit in one massage room, but the <laughs> one criteria that I had, if they could not fit in two massage rooms, is that that massage room has enough space for two massage tables, yeah, cool. and it can be easily divided. So, oh, uh, nice. so it's comfortable for two people, and it can be divided. When I say divided, even if it's just by curtain or something, sure. so that if it's two um, friends who are a little shy in front of each yeah. other, you know, you still have that experience where there's togetherness in the room, but it's not an awkward thing. Uh, and I'm hoping <laughs> that will that will work uh, because I do. I I I can imagine that uh, not having at least two massage therapists or massage tables available would start to cause problems. Just knowing Mm -hmm. what I know with three tanks right now. So for a massage therapist, what is a comfortable sized room for two tables? Um, a comfortable (laughs) size. Okay. So there is a spa locally, uh, that, uh, that, uh, I know the owners, they're very uh, dear friends and I know they're elite therapists. They just built a massage room for couples that measures 12 by 12. That is, doable but it's super tight Mm. Um, if you can go 13 by 13 you will make a massage therapist very happy but i really Mm. really would um uh would not advise going less than 12 by 12 because then the massage therapist has to compromise body posture Mm. to to handle that so um so yeah be generous what about for for one massage table um what would be a fair size room uh at least at least um nine feet uh, by uh, ten, at least. <laughs> okay. um, if you can, if you can scoot it up a little bit, but but nine by ten. I know therapists you've worked in less, but they don't they sure. don't last real long. Hmm. Uh, it's real hard on the body. And if you want, if you have a therapist that you love and that really brings you people and is really enthusiastic and helps you sell those floats and and just um, is magnetic, um, you want to make them happy. Hmm. <laughs> that is the truth. They yeah. can be a very good asset, um, um, and that can a- be a positive thing about a therapist having a. One of our rooms is smaller than that, uh, than your dimensions. And, I, I, it and, happens uh, a lot. I'm yes, okay. uh, but we do have um, hydraulic tables, which I think makes oh, it a lot easier. Beautiful. Yes, um, and I would just say for anybody who does plan on having more than one LMT working out of their space, you know, taking a few minutes to adjust the feet between two people, not such a big deal, but. When you've got multiple LMTs coming in and everybody needs different settings, and then you have different size <clears throat> clients as well, it's so awesome to be able to just boop, bring it up, bring it down, super convenient, super easy. Or, you know, if somebody has difficulty getting onto the table, um, then, then that could be nice to bring it bring it down really low just to get them on the table as well. So, so are you saying and- no to a Costco massage table? Yes, I'm saying I'm saying no. I'll uh, I'll just let Amy speak. <laughs> I'm saying no. You can actually get a hydraulic table fairly inexpensively these days. So, um, Oakworks has a What would you call fairly. it? Expensive? Yeah. Okay, so Oakworks has a massage table. It's, they call it their convert their convertible or conversion table. But basically, it's the platform for a hydraulic table, and you can get a. Uh, if, if you're most therapists, even at a massage school, actually get a massage table that they can carry with them. It has like the wooden legs, um, and you can actually attach that to the base. Um, that's what I had at one of my clinics, and I think it ran me with the shipping and everything about eight hundred dollars. Oh, damn! 
yeah, cool. That's uh, that's very affordable. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. very affordable. Doesn't have to be crazy. Um, and the massage therapist, like if you do have a smaller room, that does make life so much easier for the therapist. They can yeah. they can adjust the table to fit their um, their posture and so, so I, a little easier. I on. guess it's probably more of the deal you work out. But who's responsible for a table? If I have a room that I'm I'm leasing mm. out for a massage therapist, <laughs> I guess it's what you work out. Like what's what's is there a standard? Do people okay yeah think... there's in the u.s that's that's actually one of those things you have to consider when we're looking at ic versus employer let's uh let's wait on that one i want to wait because so that's that's, yeah. that's a meaty topic and i want to yeah. wait on the employee um i, I would parts. i would still like to get to that though like i don't want yeah. i don't, don't want to miss lance, that because... we'll get there <laughs> stay tuned lance yeah. well yeah <laughs> we will definitely cover that because it's so so important so um, here's one thing that Lance brought up, though, before we, so yeah. if you want to put that topic, uh, table that topic for a <laughs> I moment. I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny. Not a good one, but I made one. Um, Lance, you mentioned that you attempted at one point to find a massage therapist. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering how Dylan went about finding finding yours. Do you, Oof, do you wow. have any uh, good tips on finding a therapist? Uh, well, we're in a really sweet spot for that. I mean, we have... <laughs> Oregon School of Massage right here, you know, so it's it's really easy to get. Um, I guess it's probably very easy to get people straight out of school, but we want people with experience. And um, so they, they have connections to reach out to other alumni. Um, and so they have an email list where, where we can uh, reach out to them through that. I think we have advertised on Craigslist before as well, which has, has been successful as well. Um, and then word of mouth is good you know uh referrals are always good and then as on call um and gosh i really feel like i'm talking to a real niche crowd at the moment because uh, just the the environment here in portland is so different but uh we're surrounded by lmts as well who if they're not working uh want to work with us so if if they don't have a client and we need somebody um you know an lmt calls in sick or something like that or just we need extra lmts that we don't normally have they're on call and um they're awesome, so it, it works out great for us. Dylan, can I ask? Uh, Please. I I I, love, I have so many questions. I feel bad, but um, <laughs> I just want to ask: uh, How what was your interview process like with your with your massage therapist? Yeah, that part's pretty brutal. You do have to oh. receive a massage. It's, Dang, man! <laughs> it's actually Hardcore. harder than you might think. It's it's kind of weird. One for the team. To, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, it sounds really awesome, but it's actually kind of weird um, be, because you are like. You're not paying for a massage. You're you're receiving. You're you're interviewing somebody. So it's receiving something without payment is is kind of weird. Um, and then um, the fact that you really are analyzing them uh, at the same time it kind of makes it kind of odd as well, I guess. Um, but uh, the interview process definitely has. Um, uh, you know, we, we want to see a resume. Um, there's an interview period. We actually, off, I don't, I don't know if we do this with our LMTs, but we have looked people up on Facebook before and just gone like, well, you know, <laughs> that, that, that these things are telling about this person and, um, that can help. And then, then really the in-person conversations, the, the interview there is, is really important and you get to really find out what kind of massage they deliver, just how they're going to if how they're talking to you is going to probably reflect pretty hard on how they talk to their customers and all of that as well. Um, so does that answer your question for that? Yeah, that's, that's real good. Actually, that's real good. Um, and um, how just, long, how, oh. how many did you have to go through till you found uh, uh, your therapist? Well, um, I would, I would 
I mean, we've been doing massage for a while, so we have a lot of, I, I don't know, I want to say a lot, but we have um, people kind of coming and going, people move. Um, or more recently, we had somebody move on. Um, they they put a notice with us, and they, they got pretty frustrated with us and wanted to go somewhere else. So um, uh, that was had less to do with how we do our massage and had more to do with wanting, uh, they wanted to do some other things at the shop and sell product and take on some new projects, um, which is super cool and we totally want to encourage. And I, I don't think we're as responsive as this person wanted, um, which I think built some resentment um, and, and them uh, putting in some pretty short notice, <laughs> um, which... Uh, put a slight strain on us but again like the massage community is strong here and so we were able to take take that without a huge hiccup uh with that being said it was a primary lmt and um and so now we are down somebody i mean we can only use people on call successfully so often um so we really do need to kind of fill that slot with somebody who's got a lot of is very quality um and i guess the reason i I share that story is just to say that this isn't a float tank you know it's not just maintenance um on off hours it's this is a human being and it means management skills um i never expected to be a manager in my life and uh you know i can think i'm a really cool guy but all that matters is what gets into that other person's mind and heart you know that like i that's all that matters. It, it's, it almost does even, I can only put my best foot forward and, and people are going to receive it how they receive it. And so um, that's a decision you have to make as well if you decide that you're going to want to work with people is that you're, you you become um, yeah. a, a, a boss to them or if it's a contract worker, I don't know how you describe that, but you, you and hire them for something and um, that's that's different. And, and it means your float tank isn't just going to walk away one day. <laughs> An LMT right. can do that, and um, it can leave you in a lurch. And uh, sure, a float tank can, can go bad, but it's usually a, a simpler fix. It's more kind of A plus B, <clears throat> whereas a, an LMT, the whole personal factor adds a lot to it. And, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little bit longer on this because I just want to say it's, it's not just um, it can go bad and they quit. It's the day-to-day maintenance that goes into it. It's in building the relationships, trust, all of that that goes on every single day, not with one person, not with two people, but I mean with many LMTs on top of the employees that you already have. So um, that just adds a lot more to your day-to-day. And that means you walk into your business and people have questions for you or they want to talk to you. And that means more managing of your own time as well. So um, it just puts a lot on your table to, to be working with people. So I uh, just want to put that out there. That is a fantastic point, actually. I hmm. love that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Nice. What a great thing to remember. Um, Lance had mentioned like having tons of square footage, not being able to just put in eight float tanks. Um, I feel like between the three of us, we're all kind of somewhere on that spectrum of Lance's on like the, I have tons of square footage. Like I couldn't have the capacity of, of all these float tanks for per customers in my town i'm somewhere in the middle and i think amy with your square footage you're more on for your for your current center on, on the side of it makes more sense just to have float tanks i've got wiggle room where i get to kind of create uh or sandra and i get to create the dream that that we have for our center lance almost has to, whether it's his dream or not you know, financially, it makes more sense for him to expand to other modalities, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, I think draw in uh, clientele that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, 
Mind you, we have float centers in Portland. So just uh, right off the bat, being able to differentiate ourselves from Float On, who had been around for a year, um, to be able to say, we're not delivering the exact same thing. We we have something different. You know, like mm-hmm. right off the bat, we're creating some kind of a value that they aren't was really important to us. The fact that it completely aligned with what we wanted to do is important. You know, it's not like we didn't want to do massage and and we just did it for a financial reason. Um, so, so that was important to us as well. But just on paper and on, in a business sense, I think it was important that we could dif- differentiate ourselves um, or at the very least internally justify our value um, to be able to do that. Because um, we didn't know at the time if Portland needed more float centers or not, if we were going to cannibalize each other or not. We, we believed that there'd be the clientele there that we, that we wouldn't. Um, and as it turns out, again, I've talked about this before, but man, boy, we're did we not need to be nervous about that just uh the the number just keeps growing it's fantastic finding the right balance between that i think is important the the idea of is it worth putting a new float room in or is it worth uh or is it time to put in massage like where is that that tipping point i think everybody needs to kind of figure out themselves um but for us certain rooms don't work for for float rooms um so Mm -hmm. that was important for us so we're just kind of in that middle ground where it where it works out for us um with that being said massage only brings in so much money for us as well um does it if somebody comes in and they're going to spend money they can spend more money with us um you know if somebody comes into float they're probably not going to book float on top of float they're going to just have the one float but you're way more likely to have a float and then have acupuncture or massage or you know just any other modality on top of that so per person who comes in they can spend more money because of that um so whether that's more valuable than uh so if lance has limited potential clientele you want them to be able to spend more money so it makes more sense to have have more people coming in um if if you're able to have 20 float tanks and have that completely filled up, that's going to be more financially viable for you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is if, um, so there's a lot, several things that you're saying you have to take into consideration, which I agree with, um, square footage, Mm -hmm. um, how much money you need to bring in per square foot, um, what your business, uh, culture is really or what your company culture is Um, I think there is a very different feel between a float center I know ours changed being a float center and a float and massage center sure right felt very different Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, lots of things to take to take into consideration when you're when you're figuring it out and I know with massage therapy um you know, that is a high cost. When you think about it, oftentimes, let's say the massage takes, uh, the massage therapist takes 40 or 50% of the mm-hmm. bottom line, but you still have that cost per square foot. Mm-hmm. You still have taxes to pay on that. So at the end of the day, when mm-hmm. I started to figure it out, mm-hmm. um, you don't make a whole lot on a massage therapist. So um, I think it's great because it does add to the average cost, how much somebody spends at your place. You can certainly get a little bit more uh, money out of your client and, mm-hmm. and provide something that that means something to them or helps them Um, but at the end of the day you really do have to be very uh, careful when you're figuring out how much it truly costs you because you know there was times I was looking at this in a one-hour massage um, we were we would have made like maybe a $12 profit at the end right right and it's like well is $12 profit (laughs) you know when I look at a float tank 
uh, what's my profit on float, float and how's my profit yeah. on, on massage and, table? And, and then you got to – something else we've talked about is our the value of our time and how the value of our time, the, the price, the dollar kind of keeps going up and up. And so you're putting in more time to make less money off of that square footage. It's um, very true. Because of the, again, the, like the managing the person and, and all of that and uh, payroll, everything that goes into it um, takes more time than a float tank. So, um, Which managing a person, like you said, it does take a lot more energy than you think it's going to. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, Always. But again, the demographic is super important. Um, again, I think Lance's demographic is is a perfect example of that where for him it just makes a ton of sense to have several several massage Mm -hmm. uh rooms in his space in my opinion Um, i i would agree with that but uh but yeah demographic also like is is a yoga center a good idea to add on to to a float center can be an interesting question and um we found it very difficult to make money off of our yoga center and um the person who manages it now um I think primarily makes it off of doing <clears throat> series classes and yoga teacher training. Um, and uh, there's potential for those people to float with us. And um, again, it's about our brand gets further out there. There are things that are difficult to measure. Um, our brand isn't just float tanks. It's it's wellness in general. Um, when people think of the float shop, they, they don't just think of the, the float tank. It's an experience that we have in this, this holistic wellness that we provide. Um, so sometimes the uh, benefits aren't t- directly tangible either. They're not easily measured. So um, you can get a lot of people in for a yoga class as opposed to um, you can get one person in at a time for uh, acupuncture and maybe they float, maybe they don't. But if you pull 20, in people, uh, 20 people in for a yoga class, then you just have a higher potential connect through to somebody who's going to be interested in floating. So, you know, just interesting ideas of what what those modalities could potentially be for as well. And let me, since you brought that up, let me bring up real quickly, um, if you bring in a massage therapist who does have a lot more uh, history, who uh, who has a clientele built in while they will always you always lose clients when you move even it's Mm. even shown if you move one mile away you're going to lose a certain percentage of your clients Um, but they could be uh, bringing clients who uh, could be introduced to your your therapy and it could be Uh a very beneficial win-win for everyone so when think about too what what kind of person what kind of therapist you want in your center and be very selective Therapists, I think people have a tendency, and I'm not saying necessarily the people in the float industry. I think we're on a little bit more of the same wavelength. A lot of people feel that therapists are are a dime a dozen, real easy to find. Hmm. But a good therapist can be Mm -hmm. such a benefit to your company. Yeah. And and good to me isn't just the person who's a great LMT, um, but it's also the person who speaks well to the client. It's the person who works well in your business can, you know, shows up on time, doesn't call in sick very often. Um, There's a uh, just reliability, basically. Um, Yeah, it's interesting that uh, and and I don't know if uh, going into the LMT profession, um, I don't know if it's like chicken or the egg, but oftentimes LMTs can be the type of people who, um, well, first they, they don't want to work in a nine to five. I mean, it's, it's that kind of person already, you know, they want to be self-employed, um, and they want to live a particular lifestyle oftentimes. And so, um, finding that person who's going to hit all the marks as a awesome employee or contract worker and deliver amazing massage and get recurring clients, um, that is not a dime a dozen. Mm -mm, That is worth a lot. And they should be 
paid handsomely, in my opinion. Testify. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <Nice>. I agree. <laughs> it is important to me, but obviously, you know, I'm biased in that area. But yeah, I think that's super important. But it's, it's like super important to take care of everybody in your team. So Absolutely. Treat yes. them with the same, yes. same care that we would with everybody else on our team. Any, anybody who's, who's bringing value yeah. should be compensated for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do Absolutely. want to uh, get to the LMT, th- uh, excuse me, to the LMT thing. We should finally talk about LMTs. Um, no, to the <laughs> contract versus employee worker. Mm-hmm. But Lance, I just wanted to ask, did you have any follow-up questions or anything you wanted to ask uh, before we kind of wrap up the concept of having both modalities? Uh, I have a bunch of questions. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know where you want to go next with this, but uh, like, well, I hate to interrupt, but be- before you get on, I-, I just feel completely fired up by your sweater tonight. Gosh, it's fantastic! Oh, that sweater! Oh, man, it's a beauty. We got to no, get a but... selfie up on for this one. And and I hope that selfie includes that fabulous hat. <laughs> it does. And I yeah, I, I don't even know. We shouldn't even try to describe that. We should leave that as a surprise. Oh. And with the, the with the sweater, it is perfection, my friends. Can we not find out about this hat? Is uh, how, how does one? I think is this issued in Canada. I, I think this hat once roamed the earth. I'm pretty yes. sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll just leave it at that. But uh, oh. Lance's sweater tonight is just knocking my socks <laughs> off. It is fantastic. Thing of um, Go Canada. Bring us. Beautiful things, knitted things. Um, uh, Lance, I'll just let what you. Are, what, are you <laughs> what are your questions? I, I, I'll let you carry on to the next um, topic, I guess. Well, which okay. is um, contractor or employee sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, during the week while we were talking about this, Amy sent a video uh, that is awesome. Um, now I know there are a lot of differences state to state, but this really seemed to was this. A national this, thing? Yeah, this is federal law. So federal, this will, great. This is going to cover everybody in the U.S. I don't know how this is in Canada. Sure, I'm not a lawyer, sure. and I don't even play one in television. Mm. So, um, But, yeah, it's a great resource for those in the U.S. We should uh, – I, I encourage anybody who's interested um, who hasn't had an LMT before, if they want to add this to their business or plan on having a business with both modalities, please check this out. Watch this video. Um, it's 15 minutes long, and it's going to make you not an expert but very well educated and know what you have to look for. I would still encourage talking to a lawyer because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we are getting into some very – delicate ground with this and it um and in fact in the video he talked he he covers a very great thing which is um there's a huge cost benefit to hiring contract workers um but the fees that you can pay if the government finds uh, doesn't believe that they were a contract employee that they actually were an employee um you you can pay so much money um, because of that. Um, and yeah. one example of that is um, every time an employee gets a paycheck, they pay taxes and you pay taxes. Well, if it turns out that your contract LMT is actually an employee employee, well, then you're paying taxes for both sides um, that that person doesn't. So um, you're not going to ever want to do that. I don't care what stage your business is at. You never want to give that kind of free money away. It's It, uh, it can bite you. Um, that goes to good record keeping too. I, I take it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and having a good CPA, a good CPA can help you make that decision as well and help get that all set up. Well, you uh, know, that's funny because I mean, I've seen some really big, big dogs in Portland uh, get bit uh, by 
by having contract uh, LMTs and not not having them as as uh, employees. So I've seen people switching up how they're doing that, uh, or actually switching to to employee models. And uh, it, it's a it's a bit of a scary world here. And I think in Portland in particular, they've been. I mean, They're cracking down all over. Is that right? right? Now. Well, yeah. why wouldn't so you? It, I mean, it's a big thing in the in the massage community right now, and that they makes are sense. getting pretty strict on it. Uh, well, f- first of all, uh, so I, and I'll I'll back up a little bit. The video covers all sorts of points that lead you to believing if uh, somebody's an employee or if they're a contract worker. The crazy thing is there is not a check this box, this box, this this box. Okay, that's an employee. It's a, a hodgepodge or a, this spectrum of all these check check marks lead to that person seeming like an employee or they, it leads to them seeming like a contract worker um, based on all these different criteria. So um, oddly enough, there's a lot of gray area and, and you basically have to convince the government if you're ever audited that it goes one way or the other, which is really weird. And my gosh, I wish it could be simpler than that. I wish it was, you know, you, you pay for massage oil you pay for this and, and they work these hours, they work over 30 hours, that's an employee. I wish it was just that simple, but it but it's not. Right. Um, right. Do you want to go over any of the, the items specifically that you think are important? Um, so basically, I think what the, what most people are familiar with, and one thing you asked Lance was, uh, does the employer provide, it, provide the mm. equipment or does a massage therapist do it? Um, oftentimes the way that we, and this is oversimplifying it, but oftentimes the way that it's looked at here in the U.S. is who's taking on more risk. If the massage therapist is taking on more risk, and more risk could be they're supplying all of their equipment, you know, they're investing in the equipment, they're investing in the oils, um, then that gets them a little bit more towards that independent contractor. If the business is taking more risk, like, you know, they have to keep that massage therapist busy in order to not waste money. Um, And they're supplying the equipment, they're supplying the oils, and they're supplying some training and the insurance then... um, then it's then they're more of an employee, and the, because the business is taking on that risk, so um, oftentimes that gets a little uh, that gets a little. There's a lot of gray area, and uh, a lot of people will say like, uh, "Well, you know, I already have this massage table, so yeah, you're an independent contractor, but just use the room, and you know, <laughs> it's fine. Just use my stuff because I have it," um, which can get a little get a little dicey if if the IRS does come around. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been an independent contractor. Um, I have always supplied my own equipment. I even worked in a spa for a short time. And because I was an IC, I did lug a table. I ended up buying a table oh. and just leaving it there. But I, I did. I lugged my table in every time I worked, which was really not fun. Uh, <laughs> um, so so it all depends. And I, I don't know what it's like in, in Canada or mm-hmm. how you're set up but that's something that you should i guess you can look into as far as who's going to supply what if there's some legal if it indicates some sort of legal um relationship the fact that there that there's the same terminology makes me believe that there's going to be something somewhat similar between the two you know like uh, you'll have to draw a delineation uh, between the two and so i guess i just would say I, i guess we covered a little bit already but um the obvious thing that you would want is an independent contractor uh, just because of the crazy savings and money that you're not paying. Uh, there's just less taxes to pay, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, on the other side of that, it's true. From a financial standpoint, um, it is definitely in the business's favor. But you have to remember, um, well, not necessarily. Because ah. a lot of times, a lot of times the IRS will say, um, and it depends on what state you're in. This is a state thing. Hmm. If you have an independent contractor splitting a fee with them as opposed to a flat rate. Uh, it's a flat rate. It's not so much, it's not so great for the uh, business. Mm -hmm. A lot of places will say, oh, I'll just, you just give me 50% or you just give me 40% of mm -hmm. whatever you do. Because that's certainly the better financial deal if your massage therapist is really cooking. The problem is if in a lot of states, if you're fee splitting, it's looked on as a kickback. Um, if the massage therapist is a medical personnel, like in the state of Tennessee, um, we are considered um, health um, healthcare, mm -hmm. um, so some states will perceive that as kickbacks, hmm. and um, it violates some codes for healthcare practitioners. Oh, interesting. So that could be a hairy thing, depending on your. But that that does vary state by state. That's very well, different per well, state. Speaking of price, that that reminds me that uh, an independent contractor should define their own price as well. So they're not supposed Absolutely. to be getting uh, a percentage of what uh, what you charge. Um, right. They're supposed to be charging you a particular amount, uh, which means that technically you can still create your own prices, but then on the paperwork that goes into it between your and your agreement has to be really specific about um, them charging you a specific amount, which um, again means that you're starting to, it's wordplay and, and it kind of gets uh, into that gray area and it, it's a little, it's a little spooky. Yeah. And, and, you know, some things to think about. If you have an independent contractor, you can't determine what their schedule is. So if you really want a therapist right. there a certain time of day, they can say, no, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, they can dress any way they want to. So if you're in a float mm -hmm. center where it's important that they're portraying themselves in a certain way or wearing a certain shirt, you cannot dictate that. Um, if you don't like the oils that they use, I know there are some oils that, um, as I go forward, I, I, I am going to make my next massage therapist an employee. Um, mm -hmm. I would like them to use certain things and certain products um, that I know what's in it. Uh, there's certain issues with allergies and that sort of thing with some people. But you can't dictate any of that. Um, you can't dictate their, their marketing material. Um, right. How they advertise. So if you really want this cohesive unit in your place and not just a and I say hodgepodge and that sounds like a very negative thing I don't think it I don't think it is at all but if you want this cohesive yep. no, business you're exactly and a cohesive right. brand mm -hmm. um you can't ha you it's a little harder to demand that as an independent mm -hmm. contractor and and that's our last um LMT the one who just recently left was an employee for for basically all the reasons that you just described um and and including also just a risk factor that we just didn't want to be slapped on the wrist and charged a lot of money yeah. um but it also meant we were able to give her health benefits as well which was really cool um to can't That's give that nice. to a contract worker but no, yeah no. It, it is pretty funny like you can't determine their hours so you could say like this is when we like you but if they say i'm out of town for a month they're out of town for a month oh but i have a question for you so let's say they show up in rags or they they smell can't I say we don't want to hire you again unless you dress appropriately? Like, as somebody hiring you, I want you. I, I'm not saying it, you need to wear a float shop shirt. Right. I think that goes into your paperwork. Like, that's what you do when you your say. Your contract. Yeah, your contract. That's mm -hmm. saying, like, mm -hmm. I want you, you know, dress appropriately. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think. Hygiene standards. I think a lot of this is just how you, you know, set up your contracts and negotiate your deal. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. So if well, I if I get a contractor 
massage therapist, um, mm-hmm. how do I charge them? Do I charge them rent for their room? Rent would be, uh, once again, uh, uh, here in the U.S., Some of, it depends on if they're healthcare practitioners and if kickbacks are considered bad. Um, but you, if it's not an issue in your state, uh, rent is the easiest way to go, the best way to go. Otherwise, yeah, I, I know um, in our state, they can do so they can do if they're, they're hired as a contractor um who does the booking and scheduling if they're a contractor they have to handle everything okay who handles the well the, wait 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 i who ha- i don't wait 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 it's a spectrum it it, it, it is again a- it's all these different check boxes and so i and i may be wrong and by the way again Talk to a lawyer. As you can say, yeah. just this, listen to us. I mean, there's all these different, this minutia. But I, I believe if you had 90 boxes checked in the contractor department, yet you did their scheduling, um, I don't think the government would say they were an employee. Okay. But the thing is, you never know it, true. what the yeah, government's going to say. That's a great and it makes point. it harder to prove. Yes. So, yeah, yes. you're right, Dylan. It's true. They very well could do that. So I am playing it extreme. I'm, what I'm, everything I'm saying is extremely con- from a conservative, extremely conservative standpoint. Now, even with your conservative view, and I know you have a question, Lance. But I, I just want to get to the end of this one real quick, which is, if they have access to MindBody Online, if I mean that's the software we use, and they can schedule people themselves, does that, or does that even dig me in further that they're an employee? Well, but then when they leave, if they're an independent contractor, they have control over every all the mm-hmm. information of everybody they worked on. Mm-hmm. So they can take that information with them. If they're an uh, employee, they can't. So if it. you're giving them access to your to mind body, that can get a little mm-hmm. and get a yeah, get a good little points. bit gray. Lance, what what was your question? <clears throat> I want to know who who handles the transaction for the massage therapist if they're a contractor. Are they dealing with their money? Or are they are they dealing with our cash box? We teach at our school. It is much better to take the money, and if you are uh, fee splitting, to then with a receipt give the fee split to the to the um, uh, person um, to the the company that you're paying for your space. So um, or or rent one of the two. As a contractor, who's responsible for the laundry? Uh, the the therapist because they they are there in a general sense a contractor has to take on the majority of the risk and spend the money mm-hmm. so in an independent contractor relationship they're responsible for bringing their sheets normally responsible for bringing their sheets doing their laundry taking care of all that and marketing supplies they, they would be doing and their they, own marketing as well yeah okay their website their brochure. And they will also be yeah. coming with um, their own insurance, correct? They should, yeah. although that's one thing that you put and make sure you put in the contract. Huh. They are responsible. They have to display it. They have to maybe put you as a, oh, I cannot think of the word right now, but they have to put you on the insurance as far yep. as, yep. Um, yeah, there's a word for that. I'm so sorry. So I can't at, think of it either, but as a float As a float center hiring a contractor massage therapist, do I need additional th- insurance? Or is their insurance enough for that coverage? They have liability insurance, but have them. You have to check with them because the insurance companies are all very different. Hmm. Um, the ABMP, AM, um, ABMP, and uh, AMTA are the two major ones in the U.S. And 
you have to you do have liability insurance, but if your equi your equipment is not covered under liability, so you have to get an extra rider for that. Um, we always we told when we had it we told our insurance agent that we were bringing on massage, and they made sure that it was in our bundle so that we had coverage personally. So I, I would never check with your insurance agent and make and get a copy of their insurance to make sure so what they it have. It sounds like um, if I'm going to hire a contractor, basically I have a room that is sitting there doing nothing right now. And if I lease it to them, I am making $800,000, $900,000 a month for this room without any work. If I was to hire them as an employee, that would make me responsible for booking, scheduling, cash flow, laundry, supplies yep. marketing and yep. payroll scheduling yep. like boom 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 <laughs> boom boom so yeah um me making a thousand dollars just for having a room versus having to deal with this and the time it takes to schedule the time it takes to do payroll the time yeah. it takes to um you know we we, now, we went back and let, forth on this let the the devil step in here and mm -hmm. advocate towards uh the the brand uh, so you're talking about, well, look at the simplicity. I get $800 off this room. That makes way more sense than doing the scheduling, et cetera. But all of a sudden, you don't have any control over what they're offering. And what if you want to offer a flow and a massage package? What if you want to have a sale? Um, you can work out a deal with them. But now that person, if they're truly independent, means they are that your client has to pay two people. That right off the bat means I don't want to do that. That's not the customer experience I want to have. Um, if they're if they're independent of the business, then they have to be treated that way, and that no longer is the right flow for my customer. Um, so I I think not that you asked, but Lance, I think you would want to have. I think it is worth uh, payroll, taxes, all those different things for the brand that you're going to want out of your space when it comes to having a unified vision for for what you're doing for the customer experience. Yeah. yeah, and re remember, with when they're employee, you can set up how you, how the pay is as well. I know I don't know how you had your pay set up, but was it paid by the massage as an employee? They were paid at for each massage that they did, or did they have a flat, uh, an hourly rate? How did you set that up, Dylan? Um, we have done it all. <laughs> like you uh -huh. uh, over the years, I feel like literally we've we've done it all. Um, do you m most recently or or what? Oh, just in general, I was I was curious um, because that has a lot to do with a lot of people feel like okay if they bring them on as an employee, well they're going to have this hourly employee. It's going to be that they're paying hourly, mm -hmm. and what if they're not doing massage? And it doesn't necessarily have to be set up. No, that way. no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, um, yeah. You can set up as long as it's good between you and the therapist, and you both agree to certain terms. Yes, um, you can make it work. Yeah, basically, if they're an employee, you can create exactly the relationship that you want and so you've already got past the government loophole th or not loophole but that like that fear of what's going to happen and then you just create an, an agreement that's going to work there the government's not going to get in your way the government gets right. in your way when you start coming up with agreements and saying they're contract employees and and then the government's saying they're they're not um so yeah that it doesn't have to be it could be anything uh, right. once they're an employee yeah um so I don't know who between between you guys, Lance. I'm not sure who's leaning one way or the other. Um, with that being said, if if you were having trouble paying rent or, or something like that, 
800 bucks right off the bat, boom, done, awesome. Um, something uh, our yoga centers now run independently from the float shop. Um, they're their own brand, and that's working out fantastically for us. We're still close-knit with them, um, it does mean more difficulty when coming up with packages, things like that to, to sell. Cause if you're going to have a sale, basically you have to eat that sale. Uh, your renter isn't going to be eating that sale. Not to say that you should be having sales all the time or anything, but I mean, even like, so let's say a massage is $90 out of his or her space. Um, if, Oh gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're keeping all of that profit in the first place. So, mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that just, that brings up a lot of, a lot of issues with that actually, (laughs) um, with not only like how to take the money, but, um, just the price that the person coming in is, is going to pay because with us, if they're only, if, um, if they're an employee and we're paying them, let's just say it's 50% of the price of a float, uh, excuse me, a massage that leaves us, if it's a $90 massage that leaves us with $45 of wiggle room, um, that we get to play with and we get to decide, you know, do we need that money? Um, can we discount that for, you know, if, if it's a returning client, um, can can we eat that a little bit and you don't get to do that otherwise and let me say if you are an employee you know 50 percent is kind of the norm if there's a a fee split but if you're the employee and you're supplying the space the oil Uh the ambiance the whatever usually people are looking more at like a 35 percent or a flat rate like um and that's something that they can grow over time as the therapist grows with them so they can give some raises and do some nice things for the therapist um so the therapist is not or should not i wouldn't think expect uh 50% if they are there as an employee. So when you you know, I know we all worry and I, I certainly think about it all the time when I'm running numbers in my head about paying these taxes, employee taxes. Ah, mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, it's about, you know, eleven eleven percent um when you get done with everything. And it's not okay, so you know, it's really not horrific and you can very easily you know, keep that in so you so your percentage of overhead is it's never it's never going to be low because you're offering one on one. There's um, a price to that one on one service, but um, but you can take that into consideration when you're hiring someone yeah. and you find someone who's who has a realistic um, expectation as to what they're going to make as an employee. And and our experience is is just what you've described is going between those two different things. LMTs get that they get the the benefit. They do their own cost analysis, and, and they get the benefit difference, too. So if they're not providing all of that and they're getting paid slightly less, they're going to see that as equally valuable. Um, and also just one other random little thing. Um, the ambiance that you create and the community that you create in your space, too, also adds a lot of value. Um, and so I think we do pay our, our LMTs well out of our business, but also I think people stick around with us for a long time because it's a really cool atmosphere, too. It's it's really positive. It's very open. We do, um, is, yeah, just a really uh, tight sense of community with our space. So um, those things will also impact as well. You know, if, if it's a referral and they say, dude, you got to work here, it, it's just it's just the coolest um, that that helps. And they do. They bring it. If you need more therapists, they bring in good therapists. If you have a good therapist, they always <laughs> right. have great recommendations. Right. Um, and it brings up one more thing. You can have an employee therapist and have some ICs that you can call in last minute. And I'm sorry, ICs, independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have an employee 
but you can have an, an IC, say your, your employee is out sick or something, or they're not there during the hours that you have a massage booked. You can have a list of independent contractors with whom you've, you've signed contracts with that you can call up and say, hey, could you come on in and fill up, fill this space, this yeah. hour massage. So you can have a mix as well that works out really well. Any, uh, any final thoughts or questions from you, Lance? Mm. I just, Have we provided I, any insight? I just don't know about <laughs> massage. Um, from your input, you're telling me um, we should have two massage therapists or one massage therapist per, for, per float tank. And a- approximately. We're, I think we're saying, um, you know, it's best for them to be employees. So I'm looking at hiring two employees, paying all those taxes, marketing, <laughs> blah, 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 two rooms, like all of this stuff on top. Like it doesn't seem like my ROI is is – you know, mm-hmm. there more than one. Sorry, go ahead, Amy. That no, no. I was gonna say that's where you start the mix, mixing it. And you can hold, hire one massage therapist as an employee, and you can always have independent contractors available to fill that extra time. Yeah, but so you're not log- taking on that burden. Logistically, like it just seems like a mess if I have one independent contractor and then I have two people that want to come in and float and do massage, and I'm calling Joe. Hey, can you be here for three o'clock? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, it just. It seems like a lot more work than just the traditional method of like running a float center. And yeah, uh, honestly, running yeah. a float center in a lot of ways is a lot simpler than most businesses. Um, I, I I know that sounds insane because we talk about how much work a float center is, but just um, in that sense, boy, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier. And that takes, you know, goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Lance, is when it comes down to it, why do you want the massage therapist there? Mm -hmm. And then you do have to do that cost analysis. Because like I said, the reality of it is we figured out an hour massage, we were only making like 12 bucks um, profit. And, you know, when you think about it, is all that work worth a $12 profit when you're done at the end of the day? So that is something very important to think about when you're looking at looking at that, what what do you want or yeah. why really why are you bringing on a massage therapist is mm-hmm. it to make a quick are you thinking you're gonna make a quick buck right or is there a real reason a real um yeah a real reason that, that it fits in or enhances what you already offer yeah uh, it's real important um I want to talk about the ROI thing real quick, but but before that, I also want to just say, like, when we're doing room rentals, those are the people who paid the least amount to rent our space and required the most amount of attention. So that mm. just was absolutely not worth it to us. So, yeah, you're going to want to find where uh, where that balances for you of, of where it's worth um, your time. Um, for us, it is worth the LMTs, like, absolutely worth it for us. Um, for Not only for the, the community and all that stuff, but also for, for the income as well. But it's not just about that twelve dollars, and hopefully you're you're bringing home more than twelve dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully you're able to yeah. have a setup you, where it's more than that. But yeah, um, you can clear a little more than that. But with but it's that not being much. said, you're also bringing in people who might potentially not be floating in the first place, or who are True. more likely to come back. Or again, um, that that person. You know, if you have five people coming in, now you have five people who will potentially spend more money every time that they come in. Um, so yeah. that ROI actually might be higher than it seems. And they're, they're, it's harder to measure, but that can increase your brand and increase the number of people coming in, recurring clients, all of that. So uh, I think those are really important things to consider as well. 
Also, uh, we use something called Zip Whip, and we'll we'll put a link in there. And I think we I don't know we pay a couple bucks a month for that, and we can text from our computer. So if uh, if we don't have somebody in house to do a massage, uh, we break out that on call list, and we just start texting people. And I think for an extra couple bucks, you can send a group text. We just start doing them like one every minute or so, texting people, and uh, and you know somebody gets back to us pretty pretty promptly, very regularly. So. Um, it doesn't, once you have systems in place for how to do these things, uh, you know, yep. payroll, all that stuff, it, it's not as, as crazy. Yeah. I, I guess you're in year four though, but like, yeah. Another thing like I'm concerned with is like, who's responsible for all this? Cause I got someone, <laughs> one staff member that's running floats and dealing with the, the float bookings and the staff and cleaning rooms and then supposed to be, you know, Oh, I have no massage therapist. Now I got to, it just like, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. Like it's a lot more than I really want to sign up for. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just like Amy said, you got to decide what you want to do. Absolutely. I'm just going to get a massage chair that you put in a couple quarters and no, I'm just kidding. Yep. (laughs) Uh No, there's nothing wrong with that. I was going to say loonies, but I didn't think you guys would catch that one. (laughs) (laughs) I know about the loonies now. Uh, And and that's, you know, and and Lance, right there, what you're saying, you might be a great candidate for just renting out a room. You're there to rent a room. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Um, You have that, that, you have a resource for your clients that you can direct them to, but it's not, it's not your, it's not the float shack. Yeah. And, and that's not a bad thing. Like I, I would definitely, cause right now we have all this space. There's probably a thousand square feet or more that is literally sitting there that we've been paying for, for a year and a half and it hasn't made us a dime. So from right. a business standpoint, that is not smart. That's not responsible. We should <laughs> right. not be doing that. So, um, having massage therapists in there, I don't want that to be the center of our business. We're called the float shack. Like floating is, mm-hmm. is the center of our business, but it's nice to be making money from that space and having that, that other activity that any of our clients could, could be using. And you know, the marketing aspect of bringing new people in, but yeah, no, this has been a great, great episode. I'm uh, happy we talked yeah. about it. And if you find a great massage therapist who makes a great part in business, not a business partner in that they're involved (laughs) in your business, but someone who you can do business with, who you have a great, um, uh, great open communication with, you can do things together, you can work together. So if you get the right person, it might be the perfect mix for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I would love this to lead on to another possible episode in the future um maybe you don't have enough experience with it but what are some other things that float centers can be offering besides just massage or acupuncture but i know there is that lucille that's been around some people Mm -hmm. have um you know salt rooms or or you know cryo chambers but i'm Mm -hmm. i'm curious to see what other people are doing what works for them and what have they tried and what doesn't work for them because um yeah, I want to give customers the best experience as possible, but I want to fully utilize my space. So, oxygen bar. Yeah. Well, we um, we have oxygen actually hooked up to our float tanks. So I don't know if I ever oh, that's mentioned, right. mentioned, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mentioned that on here. It's been a while. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. You yeah. You want to make money off your square footage. I also think there's something to if you're making it. If you're not 
desperate for for paying that next rent check to letting things growing uh, letting things grow organically um and you know instead of just slamming everything in like a strip mall immediately to make money letting it grow naturally finding out what your customers want adding one thing then the next thing etc and, and growing well, that i've definitely let it grow organically because we've put every single screw into that building that's went into yeah, right. it so um, i don't think <laughs> it gets very, any more organic, organic than what we're doing <laughs> your own blood being in between the walls yeah um, and that's also interesting um the idea of like it takes so much to run a float center on on its own like to, to then be throwing more into it I, I i totally hear that float on like they have like 76 owners they have like a ton of people running the business <laughs> and and uh and that's and all they do are float i mean obviously they, they do more than than floating as far as the business goes but i mean even right off the bat from the beginning it was like four or five owners and um that was just to run a float center like it and Sandra and I had a very difficult time running our space, just the two of us. So, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Um, and also things might change from your opinions in the future as well. I mean, yeah, like you said, this is me in year four. Me in year one and two might have been very different. So Yeah, for sure. Amy, anything else you want to add on the float massage? Uh, you know, I think we covered it really, really well. Lots of good information tonight. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, good stuff. Yeah, I and think- And... I do want to say that video is, um, I know you're going to link it. It is worth, worth watching. It gives lots of food for thought and it is good to protect yourself and and follow up with a lawyer. Yeah. Follow up with a lawyer. But yeah, if if you (laughs) listen to this episode, if you made it to the end here, if this is of interest to you, you have to watch that video. You just have to, if you're planning on having massage in your float center, you just have to watch it. it. It's so valuable. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating, on Twitter at Artful Floating, and we really do want to hear from you. Leave a speak pipe on yes. theartoffloating.com. Uh, like Lance said, uh, other modalities. I'd, I'd love to collect a few of those speak pipes and hear what else are you adding to your float center that's bringing it value, and, and how's it doing for you? And I'd love to hear your your honest uh, reports from, from around the world on that. So, um please do and uh, until next week uh, keep that salt out of your ears see ya you're listening to the Art of Floating podcast podcast